0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chalk Talk. We are so excited to keep this going. This is our third episode, and we're just getting bigger and better. I am your host, Taylor Davis, joined by the wonderful McKenna Kelly, here to talk all things gymnastics.
0: Yes, and with the world championship gearing up as the girls are there for podium training, we have we've got some stuff to talk about. And with NCAA really gearing it up for the preseason, there's a lot to be covered.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about this sport, like all the rest, there there are always storylines. Unfortunately, it doesn't get the same notoriety as these other sports, but that's where we come in here at Chalk Talk. We're gonna be talking all things elite and college gymnastics. So McKenna, let's first start off. You went back to Baton Rouge for the LSU gymnastics banquet this past weekend. How was it? I did. It was so nice to see everybody again. Um, it was,
0: it was weird being back with the team and knowing that, you know, everyone's <laughs> just in a new place and there's a new team. Uh, but it was so nice to see everybody familiar faces, um, boosters and alum that are so supportive. Um, and just celebrating last season and, and the victories we had and looking forward to this upcoming season. It was, it was, it was bittersweet, but it was good. It was a good way to close out the chapter. Were there like videos, slideshows? Did you like walk oh, back yeah. down memory lane? All of it. All of it. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> emotional for sure. We got um, the senior class. We got our like senior um, leotard. So like they frame a Leo every year for the senior class with like a picture. Um, you know, we got our all American awards, our SAC awards, our, our rings, we got our new rings, which is always so exciting. Um, it's always fun to see what design they come up with and our, yeah. And our SAC champion rings were huge. So that was really,
1: really exciting. What does the ring look like?
0: Um, so one of them, the national championship um ring, looks has a tiger eye on it. Um, like the eye of the tiger, the one that they have in the middle of the football field. So that one's really cool. And Ooh. then the SEC one has like a big ol' L with a bunch of purple diamonds in it. So it's they're beautiful. They've got them blinked out for sure.
1: That is awesome. How many do you have now? Um
0: I think I swear I think I just counted them because I put the two like in my little case. I think I have nine. What the heck, woman? I know. You think that's a lot. How many do you think
1: Sarah Finnegan has? <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, that girl could wear them on her toes. That's true. I mean, every time I see, like Maggie Nichols has, she's not even done with her career, first of all, and she has like no. the same pictures as like Kobe Bryant with all the ri- Like she's running out of you know ligaments. Literally, literally, yeah.
0: Oh, you've <laughs> got a stacked Amount And they always I always see them using their rings in their like promotional upcoming
1: season picks, which which I think is really cool. They do. That's awesome, though. I'm glad you got to uh, relive those glory days and reunite with everybody. I'm sure that was fun. Are the new freshmen excited? Oh, my gosh. They're they're pumped. I mean,
0: they're definitely they're working hard. They're grinding things out, but um, still trying to figure it all out as as every freshman is. But um, yeah, they're doing really well. They're really, really excited to get the season going.
1: I bet. We're all excited. Let's go ahead and start with NCAA this week since uh, we're kind of tapping into that already. We figured we'd talk about kind of a big storyline that's been happening since season ended heck it was even starting to unravel before season was completely over and that is all of the coaching changes that we are going to see in the NCAA this year there are several notable ones honestly a lot of movement um, the promotion of a lot of assistant coaches new staff coming in Mm -hmm. so we're going to dive into a couple of them I think the top three would have to be UCLA, Arkansas, and Utah. I, I think Utah and LSU are, are kind of in a similar situation because Jay Clark and Tom Farden have both been with this program for a long time, so it's it's not as big of a mm-hmm. change, but still very prominent. So we'll we'll touch on those. But let's start with UCLA. I mean, Val Condos Field was such a huge part of this sport. She brought a really different flair to college gymnastics from her choreography to the energy that she brought to meets and the entire culture that she created around UCLA gymnastics. She really Made her mark on the sport, so to not have her in the NCAA field anymore, it's going to seem like a void. And just
0: just having been able to work with her during the Aurora Games, she is so she's also very intense. And I don't think she gives off that vibe um, at you know competitions. At least from a gymnast perspective, not being on her team and not having being coached by her, she always seemed very just um, fun and just kind of lighthearted and just there to enjoy the moment. And I mean, she definitely is, but she's also very intense. So like you were saying, that's going to be a huge void to fill considering she kind of built that program and um, really kind of wrote up what UCLA stands for, the culture and all of that. But, um, you know, having those coaches step up and, um, you know, that shift, it's going to take some some time and some adjustment. But I think the good thing about a big college like that a big university and a great program is they obviously know how to get things
1: done and it's it's just a matter of adjusting um from everyone's end i think it's interesting when you look at ucla because they have had some really amazing years at that program obviously the national championship that was heard around the world i mean it was required for Pingping Ping Lee to get a ten on beam to seal the title, and she did it. Like we'll probably never see a national championship like that again. And then, you right. know, UCLA's had a lot of routines and things go viral. Caitlin Ohashi, and now with Coach Val leaving, it seems it it could potentially be a new era for UCLA gymnastics. Absolutely, and I think that's with any coaching shift, and honestly, with any
0: new team. um, You know, it depends on the recruits that come in. It depends on um, that that upper class, you know, those seniors and those juniors. How do they want to lead the team? What do they want their team to represent? Um, It it kind of is on the pressures on from all sides. But obviously, you know, the the kids can't do their job. The gymnasts can't do their job if the coaches aren't pulling their lead and and, you know, showing the girls and coaching them how they want their program to represent and what they want to stand for.
1: Do you anticipate this could be a situation similar to what we have seen with Suzanne Yoculian at Georgia? Obviously, she left that program in a primed position to continue their dominance in the sport, and it just didn't happen. They didn't continue on that trajectory. So even though she stepped away, she still remained a very important part of it, and now she is back in an assistant coach role do you think right. that Coach Val is could be somebody like that where she takes a step back but then realizes I can't live my life without being involved in some sort of way? You know, that's a good question. Um, well, do you know that Miss
0: Val's back I'm sure you do know this? Miss Val's background is actually just a dance background. So she's never really been she was never a gymnast herself. So the fact is does she still want to be involved in the gymnastics world? Maybe. Um, I think that was a lot to do with, you know, taking, taking into consideration going into retirement, but, um, you know, she might come back as a choreographer for them or, um, you know, something along the dance lines. But I, I, as far as gymnastics, I think, I feel like she's, she's had her go. And I think she feels pretty good about it. I mean, that's at least the vibe I got just from the Aurora games. She, she was just putting together the production of it and the flash mob at the end of it. Um, And she was doing, she was (laughs) fabulous at it, let me tell you. But um, as far as actual coaching, I'm not
1: sure if that's something she'll want to step back into. I guess, I guess time will tell. That's very true. With the movement at UCLA, um, former associate head coach Chris Waller now gets the head coach role. There's been some movement on the assistant coaching staff, including the move of Jordan Weber to the head coach role Mm -hmm. at Arkansas. So we will now be seeing Jordan within the SEC meets every week. This is huge, honestly. As important as Coach Val has been in the sport of gymnastics, everyone knows Jordan Weber. Even non-gymnastics fans know who Jordan Weber is. She has never had a head coach role before. She's fairly young. But what she could potentially do for a program that has yet to really reach their full potential it's exciting to think about what she could create at Arkansas.
0: Oh my gosh, it is so exciting. And to bring to bring someone of her experience into the SEC, I am so excited to see how that program grows. Arkansas is one of those, um, those programs who has everything they need. They've got the facilities, they've got the reputation, they're in the SEC. I mean, they've got it going for them. It's a matter of, you know, them stepping up their gymnastics and and, and performing at the level that they can. And they've got some good girls on that team and with the head coach like jordan weber that's going to pull in more recruits um and that's going to help their program and that that i mean that's essentially how any program develops into a more competitive program is by you know the the athletes themselves being better and becoming better. And I've seen teasers on Twitter of, you know, the video guys will go in, in the gym and make a little teaser of the preseason and practice and stuff. And Jordan is intense, let me tell you. And that Arkansas team looks like they are gearing up, they're taking things seriously, and they're committed. And, of course, being, being an, an LSU gymnast as I was, I was never really focused on other teams. But to see the intentions that – Arkansas has. I'm pumped to see how they do this year.
1: You're absolutely right. Arkansas has been one of those teams in the SEC that you just never could quite predict. They they had mm-hmm. those couple seasons where they upset Alabama and you just you have these athletes that are pretty much always at NCAAs that qualify as individuals, Jessica Yams Sarah Schaefer. They had Amanda Wellick. I-, I mean, like they have had some athletes come through there. They've had the pieces. They just haven't been able to put it all together. And you do have to, at some point, step back and realize this program is likely not going to change where it's headed if we don't make some changes from within. And listen, all credit to Mark Cook. Not only was he the head coach there for years, and years, he created the program at Arkansas. They did not have a gymnastics team before he and his wife started it. They, they opened up the gym and uh, started recruiting. And that is a ground up process. I mean, that took years for them to even get where they were. And so I give him a ton of credit, but His retirement could be exactly what the program needed to take it to that next level. And you bring in somebody like Jordan Weber, who is younger and and closer to the sport, and she's been with UCLA that honestly has been showing a different style of gymnastics from what we're used to seeing from Arkansas. So she could be the perfect match for them. Absolutely.
0: And, And not only, you know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, her being so young, that could, I mean, that could have potentially been, you know, a twist. That could have been a negative thing. You know, the girls could have looked at that as like, oh my gosh, she's practically our age. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of everything that could happen. But instead, I'm telling you, these girls respect her more than anything that I've seen. They are gearing up. They're an aggressive team. Um, Gosh, what Jordan said, I think, if this is if this is correct, she said like their motto is like, work hard, play harder or something like that. And I was, she was fierce about it. I mean, there's, there's no fun and games with her. She means business. And I think that's because she believes in their program and she believes in the girls and she can see the potential. You know, I I believe a coach they're going to bring to the table what they think needs to happen. And if Jordan's bringing that experience and that aggression, I mean, only good things are going to come from that.
1: I think so. And you bring up a good point about the slight risk that comes from bringing in a coach that isn't too far removed in age from the girls that she's coaching. But I think when you're talking about people that have been almost icons in the sport of gymnastics Jordan's on that list I I mean there were aspects of her career that I'm sure were disappointing for her but in the grand scheme she achieved more than most who even attempt the sport so you've got to look at this as a huge opportunity I'm sure you know NBA guys were friends with Derek Fisher when he got a head coach role but there isn't a a part of you that is able to relate to them and understand them. You can speak in a way that really relates to one another. I just, I think this was such a good call for the university um, to bring in somebody like Jordan. Not only is it going to be great for, the team and the future of the program, but it's going to be great for the culture. I mean, you know, gymnastics fans in Fayetteville and even surrounding towns are now going to even be more immersed in this program because of who is at the helm. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it brings popularity to to the sport of gymnastics, but the university's program itself. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really excited to see how all of that plays out. And then we also touched on Utah. So for years, Megan Marson and Tom Farden have been co-head coaches at Utah. It's always kind of been a unique situation. And Megan Marston retired after this past season. And she was there 34 years. So, so much oh respect gosh. for what she did at Utah. And so now Tom Farden uh, will be the sole head coach and will take over the program in its entirety. He has promoted some new assistant coaches, so there are some other movements on the staff as a whole. But I have had the opportunity to work with both Megan and Tom. And while some people might think that co-head coaches are you know, bring more challenges than benefits. These two worked so well together and they each had individual strengths that maybe the other one, I well—I don't want to say didn't have, but they weren't as strong in. So they they balanced each sure. other really well. They encouraged each other really well and they were a well-oiled machine. So I think it's definitely a loss for Utah, understandable for Megan Marsden after 34 years and Tom Fardin mm-hmm. will do a great job, but it certainly will take you know, a bit of an adjustment period. Yeah. And that cohesiveness you were
0: talking about from, you know, the different strengths and weaknesses that that both coaches bring to the table, that is so important that coaches are on the same page. When you have two coaches who are strong-willed, you know, that's going to butt heads. But at the end of the day, you have to remember, you are all one team. You're all achieving the same goal. You all want the same outcome. So you have to learn to work together. And it is, it's, It's a salute to to Megan
1: and their
0: ability to have been able to work well together.
1: I mean, I just think when you look at the sport and women who have really been pioneers and paved a path and started and continued programs that expect excellence... Val Condosfield field and Megan Marsden are on that list. So the fact that both of them will no longer be uh, in the NCAA world is certainly a loss for all of us, but we wish them well in their retirement. They certainly have careers to be proud of. And speaking of other coaches that have definitely developed a great working relationship and now will be on the same level, is Didi Bro and Jay Clark. Um, Associate Head Coach Jay Clark was promoted to co-head coach alongside Coach Bro. Jay has been at LSU since 2002, and before that, he was the head coach at Georgia. So this is a role that he is familiar with. He even was a head coach within the SEC. So this isn't a huge change. I mean, you can speak on this more than I can. Jay's role at LSU has been crucial for the program, even from what I have seen and and what I have learned from talking to some of the athletes and Coach Bro and even Jay himself. It is evident when you're in the gym, the amount of respect that Jay gets from the Mm -hmm. athletes, but also the amount of fun that he brings. He, He has a very unique balance of fun and business. And I think he demands that of his athletes as well. Perfect. Yeah. You couldn't have said that better. Absolutely.
0: He is so respected in the gym. He he brings like this father figure to our team in a sense. I mean, he he's got kids of his own too that are still growing up. They're young, so I feel like he's constantly in that dad role, dad position. But <laughs> the way he and Didi work together, it's kind of like the Utah situation. They both have strengths and weaknesses, but they balance each other out, and they've sure. learned to work together, and it has worked beautifully. If not only for themselves, but for our program, and it's been it's been able to to correlate through our whole team and kind of spread throughout. And and Jay has truly cultivated our culture at at the program. I mean, he, he just, just when I joined the team and, and having passed, um, past classes tell me like, you guys have no idea how much Jay changed the program for us. You know, when I heard stories of like when Jay first got here and he was trying to, you know, he made up the new bar assignment, like half of us couldn't do it. Like not only has he like transformed the culture, but the level of gymnastics as well. And he's a phenomenal recruiter. I know he was like ranked, I want to say like top five maybe in ESPN's like most memorable I don't I don't even know what the word would be but he was one of the best recruiters because he's phenomenal wow. at it he knows the athletes he wants and he goes for them and he's he, he just he knows how to pull them in and I think what makes him such a great recruiter is he is so good at looking at potential he's not worried about the name he's not worried about if you're a national team member or what you've done in that sense but he's going to look at you and be like that kid has untapped potential and and Jay's the kind of coach that can bring it out of you um, and I do think that is a bit of a lost art in college gymnastics of the matter of fact that you not all coaches in college gymnastics are able to actually coach gymnastics. A lot of it, you know, these gymnasts come in with huge skills and, and then on the coach, it's like, okay, how how do we water it down? Um, and Jay is, Jay is really great at still being able to teach
1: new skills and step in and actually coach. Absolutely. I mean, obviously you can't speculate on what the future holds for Didi Bro and what her expectations are as far as when she will retire. Um, The 2020 season does mark the end of her contract, but she's extended it before, so she could likely do it again. But you have to think that promoting your associate head coach to co-head coach uh, kind of gives you that cushion and allows you to look toward the end and have a better idea of what that would look like. So when she does decide to pass that baton, she won't be passing it backwards. She'll pass it beside her. Right. You you want to think that that would be the next step. And that's
0: kind of the transition out of retirement is, you know, promoting Jay, like you said, and, and knowing like, hey, I'm leaving the program that I built in good hands, in the hands of someone that I trust and that I know can do a good job and continue the culture and the legacy that I've built. So I definitely think, well, I hope that she's making her way out because she's been around for forever. I think she's done absolutely everything she can for the program. She she just wants to win so badly. She's such a competitive woman, so enthusiastic, so powerful. <laughs> you know, and I hope I hope she does win because I think she deserves it more than anyone.
1: She has more spunk than I've ever had in my life. Uh, and you just you never see her losing steam. I don't know how she does it, but the woman is awesome to be around. Her energy is contagious. So uh, a head coach like that is obviously going to be tough to replace. But I think Jay brings a, a different vibe and energy, but one that still holds a lot of the things that Dee built um, to its significance. So definitely excited to see how the two of them handle this this year. I'm sure there won't be a ton of changes, but it definitely gives Jay the opportunity to take a little more ownership and leadership uh, that he maybe didn't feel like he could do given his title beforehand. But I mean, if Dee Dee, I'll just be so sad. I I don't know. I can't I can't think of SEC <laughs> gymnastics without Dee Dee. I really can't. I know. I know. <laughs> what? Yeah, that that is an odd thought, right? Uh, we'd have to get her on like television or something. Like she's got to. She can't go away completely. We'll get her on the podcast one of these days. Oh, absolutely. Well, those are the most I would say most prominent moves coaching wise. Uh, definitely not the only ones though. Nebraska, Denver. Central Michigan, Illinois, I mean, there are a ton of coaching changes this year. So could mean a different field than we've seen in regionals and therefore in NCAAs, it could shake up. Right. I mean, we talked last week about how NCAA had kind of gotten to the point where you could predict it a little bit. And it was a little mm-hmm. other than, you know, changing the regional format, which knocked Florida out of the NCAAs. It, it kind of does become a sport that you can predict. But with all of these moves and and very prominent coaching changes, it could open up the field a little bit more. So excited to see how all of these fare. As we switch gears to the elite world, obviously we talked last week about the world team selection camp that had happened and the six girls that were chosen for that They have now gone and um, began podium practice. And it was announced today that Michaela Skinner is going to be the alternate. Were you surprised by this one, McKenna? You know, I did, I had seen on Twitter that, um, I guess
0: Tom Forrester was saying a bunch of different people, like at different times throughout podium training, you know, so-and-so would be alternate, so-and-so would be alternate. And everyone was freaking out saying like, well, pick, like who's going to be alternate, you know? But like we touched on last week, you have such a stacked roster. It, it's hard to pick. However, watching the Kaelin podium train, she looks solid, at least on floor, man. She was nailing nice. those landings. And 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 that makes me think, you know, I can't help but think, wow, NCAA gymnastics really helped her out because you have to stick those landings. Those are yeah. the little things that added up and that would give you the wins. And she learned that. She She helped lead her team to numerous victories because of those little landings and those little things. But yeah, I mean, it, God, it just sucks. It just sucks when you've worked that hard. And considering her personal journey, that's got to sting a little bit more.
1: Of course, because what she was doing in the college world, I mean, she was on the top tier. I mean, what she was, she translated very well to NCAA and we talked about it already. She did so without really taking out any of her difficulty. So she was somebody that the college gymnastics world could watch and maybe with a different eye than they did the rest. So for her to take that risk and leave college and and try and pursue elite again, it's got to be a little disheartening to end up being just short of it. But what she has achieved at 22, she's the same age as Simone, and she is at this level with her gymnastics is wild. But you mentioned how solid she looks on floor. But I was reading some articles, and I think that that, could kind of be the reason that she was an alternate, weirdly enough. Her strongest events are obviously Floor and Vault. But this team is stacked on both of those events. Obviously, you've got Simone Biles, the reigning world and Olympic champion on both. And then you bring in Jade Carey, who's leading the world standings on both of those events. So suddenly, Michaela's power on Vault and Floor weirdly enough, kind of go down in importance because of the depth on this team. So then you turn to Bars and Beam, and those are her weaker events. But Team USA has Simone and Kara Eaker on those, and Sunisa Lee, don't leave her out, And Grace has higher scoring potential than Michaela, arguably. So unfortunately, you start competing against your own teammates. And when you look at the the depth on each apparatus, her skills on floor and vault don't unfortunately bump her above anyone else because of their strengths on bars and beam. It's crazy. It's and that's it's so unfortunate. It really is. But
0: that's got to be a tough call. I mean, how do you how do you look at a team that could literally meddle with, with almost any of those gymnasts. And and I'm still thinking about Morgan Hurd. I mean, that that's a girl who had every every right to be there, so to speak. Like she she has proved herself over and over and over again and, and that girl didn't even make the team. So it's just it, it it's a cutthroat world, especially in the sport of gymnastics and um you know hopefully Michaela stays healthy hopefully all those girls that are alternates stay healthy and they can they can come around for Tokyo the the big the big goal but you know most of the time the world championship team is kind of the forecast of what you'll see in Tokyo but again you don't know what's going to happen with us right. this year but um, you know, it'll be exciting to see how world, world championships sense end up though. I know there's, they've got a lot of different, um, teams that are representing there and they're stacked as well. So to see the talent that's going to go head to head is going to be really cool.
1: It really is just mind blowing. When you look at the talent in, in these girls, I mean, Michaela could have been on a team in numerous other countries, but because she is here She's an alternate. Isn't that crazy? It's beyond crazy. Like this girl has so much talent and ability and she comes up short because this country has so much talent and ability. It's wild. But I also feel like there's got to be a little bit of salt in the wound right now because this is her third time as an alternate. 2015 Worlds, and 2016 Olympics. I would be like, are you kidding me? Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> oh, Mike, the analogy. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> um,
0: Yeah. No, I, I can't imagine. I mean, and the kid, she's giving everything she's got. I mean, that, that's the, that she is doing the best she can. And And to constantly be like, ah, it was almost good enough. Like that's got to be, feel like a slap in the face. And like, but like you were saying to the rest of the world though, she could, she could be on anybody's team and, you actually do see a lot of other um, girls from the USA get a dual citizenship and go and compete because they know they have a legitimate chance to still go to the Olympics. I mean, how cool to say you went to the Olympics just in general, right? Um, I, there are a few girls. I know there's a girl from Stanford. She's representing Bolivia this for this world championships. And then you have Courtney McGregor from Boise State who's representing um, – oh my gosh, what is it? Uh, New Zealand or, or Australia? She's she's representing as well. And so you've got all these girls taking the opportunity of, of being able to represent in a totally
1: different way. And as they should, I mean, like we've talked about so many times, gymnastics is not a sport of longevity. I mean, the fact that we have this many girls, I think too, that are Competing at this level at 22 years old is basically unheard of. So for these athletes who have trained their entire lives for a shot at the Olympic experience and they're not being allowed to because of the depth that this country has, I mean, kudos to them for taking the opportunity to go somewhere else and get the opportunity that they all deserve. Unfortunately, there's just such few spots here and, and they're being snatched up by some really, really talented, probably girls that will go down as the best in the sport. We know Simone will. Uh, it's only a matter of time before yeah. someone else emerges as well. So, um, definitely, still a lot for Michaela to be proud of. I know she is. She's somebody that keeps her head held high, and uh, she's a spitfire now. She's she's fiery, and I'm sure she's <laughs> you know I'm sure she's been a little aggravated and irritated, but. She's also somebody who can put things in perspective, especially when it comes to her sport. And hey, it's it's not over. Like you said, uh, the Olympics are next year, and and there's still a lot that could transpire and happen. So we'll keep an eye on all of that for you as well. Worlds will begin this Friday in Germany. We'll give you guys a report next week and break it all down for you. But man, it's getting it's getting to be that time. College season will be here in January, Olympics in the summer. It's close. It's so close. I can't believe it's already October.
0: I know how those college girls are feeling. Like, you know, the days are getting long, but they're also feeling short, you know, and and season's gonna be here before you know it.
1: It is. It's very exciting. And uh, we will certainly try and bring you all the action. We are gonna get some guests here shortly to make sure we're bringing you guys all the inside scoop. So thank you all for listening to Chalk Talk. We are doing this every week, talking the elite world, the college world, anything that you want to talk about. We say it every week. If you have topics or questions or requests, be sure and reach out to us and we'll make sure to cover those as well. So McKenna. Taylor. So long for now. Sounds good. We'll talk next time. (laughs) Bye guys. Thank you for listening to Believe.